0: Hi, you're listening to the 1 in 6 Engineers podcast. I'm your host, Ming-Shi, and this is episode 3. This episode is going to be a little bit different than the previous two. Um, the previous two were super scripted, and this one's obviously going to be a little bit scripted as well, just because I'm trying to pack a lot of information into one episode, and I want like these episodes to be interesting to listen to, and also like for people listening to have a takeaway and to learn something. But I found that the first two episodes were a little bit constricting for me and that I was basically just recording the same thing over and over again to try and make it perfect, and I feel like it didn't sound as good. Um, and I've listened to a lot of different podcasts, and I feel like the ones that I like the most are just somebody kind of like talking to you. Um, and like it doesn't really have to be perfect, but it's a little bit more chatty and conversational. So that's kind of what I'm trying to make this episode like. I also did like a lot of research into like what makes good podcasts, and I noticed that a lot of people will also have a video component, so I actually made episode 3 as a video first, but I also didn't like how that came out, and I feel like it wasn't really in the spirit of what I'm trying to do, which is really just to explore different topics in software engineering and internationalization and... I found that like in making the video, I was more focused on like what the video looked like than what the actual content of the podcast was. So uh, I'm probably just going to be making these as like audio only podcasts. But if you're interested in seeing it as seeing it as a video, please let me know. Um, and also, please let me know if you enjoy or don't enjoy the more conversational style of podcast. Uh, basically for this one I'm just gonna record it the whole way through and do a little bit of light editing whereas for the previous two I would really like go in and try and cut out all of the ums and ahs and record a bunch of sections over and over again and I don't know I'm just gonna try something different for this one so yeah enough blabbing and on to what you came here for which is episode three Today's topic is one that I'm actually pretty passionate about. It is the subject of left to right versus right to left languages. So if you've written any kind of like user interface or if you've used any kind of user interface like an app on your phone or like gone to a website then you'll most likely have interacted with some elements of left to right versus right to left language uh, language and like text rendering so basically what this is is most languages in the world are rendered from left to right written from left to right and read from Left to right so basically like English is something that we write from the left side of the page to the right side of the page but there are also very uh there are also a few languages that are written from right to left so the most popular ones are i guess Hebrew and Arabic this episode i want to go into first of all like why exactly are some languages written in certain directions like how that came to be then go into more about Um, How this is implemented in computers, like how do we tell computers to do what we want? And then thirdly, kind of some uh, applications of this, like where do we interact the most with this? And how do programmers build this into their software? So let's get straight to it. Part one, uh, why are some languages written left to right and some right to left? Cool. So <laughs> the basic answer to this question is languages that developed their scripts after the paper making industry emerged in China around 100 BC, adopted a left to right script because it was really convenient for like a printer to print from left to right. And also because most people were right handed, if they were writing from left to right, this meant that whatever they were writing would not be smudged as they go across the page. Languages that developed before the paper making industry emerged um, they tended to be written from right to left because as you're chiseling the words into stone, which is the main medium that um, people were writing in before paper, uh, it was less difficult to hit yourself with the hammer as you're chiseling in the words if you're going from right to left. Uh, we also see for East Asian languages, most of them are written from right to left and from top to bottom. And it's theorized that this is because bamboo scrolls were the medium that people were writing on. And so these are just vertical slats of bamboo that were tied together and then rolled up into a scroll for, uh, for being carried around. Um, And so actually a lot of East Asian languages, traditionally they're written from top to bottom and right to left. And like if you've ever read like manga um, or like a lot of some books in uh, East Asian countries are still printed from right to left, which basically means like if you pick up a book, the very last page is actually like their first page. And then you flip through almost backwards, basically for like Western audiences, you would flip through the pages backwards and then you start reading from the top right corner and then you go diagonally basically down towards the bottom left corner. Well, that's very interesting and it all has to do with basically how people were writing, uh, what, what medium people were writing. Before we go on in this episode um, onto the implementation portion, I just kind of want to disambiguate a couple of terms that I'm going to be using that in the previous two episodes I either clobbered together or didn't really do a good job of disambiguating. Um, The first term is language. So language in all senses of the word is a system of communication based on a combination of speech, gestures, and writing. Uh, Not all languages are spoken or written, such as American Sign Language and Braille. Written languages specifically are composed of a script and the script is how the language is written. So this script generally is one of three types, alphabetical, syllabic or logographic. So there are scripts basically not all scripts are only one of each type. They're generally a mix of all the types, but they're predominantly one of alphabet, syllabary, or logographic system. Alphabet is a way of writing where every single symbol that you can write represents a sound in the language. So English is an alphabetical language because we have 26 letters and each letter. So each letter is just a shape and then the shape when we see it, it has a sound and two write or speak or read the or i guess to read or write the language we look at what letters are combined together and then the word generally looks like how it sounds for a syllabary there are unique symbols that represent a syllable in a language and japanese is a very commonly used example for this so instead of like a letter being just one sound it's actually a syllable so every syllable has a different character associated with it And then the third type of common writing written languages is logographic system. This is where every character represents an entire word and so Chinese is a common example of this. Um, Generally the characters aren't just like individually random characters that all look different Uh, The characters tend to be built up of more basic building blocks where by itself it's not a fully formed word but when you combine multiple of the building blocks together it makes a word and oftentimes these building blocks will contain some phonetic information. So in Chinese often like words that have the same kind of like component that look the same um, they will sound the same. They will either rhyme or sound exactly the same or they will have some kind of like similar meaning. So in my name, for example, the second character, it has this radical that's just three dots basically, and that means water. So all characters that have the three dots radical, uh, they generally have something to do with water. Um, So an example of this is like, we have one character that means drink, And then the drink character has the three dots radical and then it looks extremely similar and it rhymes with the word that means thirsty but in thirsty it has the mouth radical so it's like when you're drinking there's water involved but when you're thirsty your mouth is open but there's no water Uh, that's just like a cool example that i can think of off the top of my head Uh, So yeah, those are the three types, alphabet, syllabary, and logographic system. English uses the Latin alphabet, so our alphabet is composed of Latin characters, and the Latin alphabet was invented, or I guess predominantly just used by the ancient Romans, and the Latin alphabet actually came from the Greek alphabet and the Greek alphabet came from the Phoenician alphabet, which came from Egyptian hieroglyphics, which is not an alphabetical writing system. So that's another kind of cool uh, lineage of how writing systems aren't always just one thing like the alphabet that we use now used to be a logographic system. Um, Another thing is that like latin alphabet this can be used to write all sorts of different languages not just english like spanish and french both use characters from the latin alphabet Um, so a lot of these things are very interchangeable or shared between different languages and cultures directionality which is what this podcast is about uh, left to right or right to left this applies to a script So there's no such thing as a written language that uses the Latin alphabet, but they write it from right to left. And then finally, a word that we use a lot in, I guess, like software development is locale. And locale, I feel like, is often interchangeably used with the word language, but what locale means is a set of parameters that defines the user's language region and any special variant preferences that the user wants to see in their user interface and generally a locale consists of partially a language code and then also a country or region code so um, if we're speaking english in the us then our locale code generally in most softwares is en underscore us um, and then like if you're speaking English in the United Kingdom, then your locale code might be EN underscore UK. And there will be slight differences in how the user interface is rendered. Uh, Like maybe some colors are different because we have different cultural cues for what colors mean. Um, Some words that are used to describe certain things will be different because culturally we uh, describe things differently. Um, So all of that information is embedded in the locale. It's not just the same as a language. And I think that's very interesting. It's like software, it needs to be not only adapted to the language a person speaks, it needs to encompass like all of the context that you get in a user interface, including where things are positioned on the screen, like what colors are used, what words are being used to describe certain concepts. All of that is embedded within the locale. And all of that is something that a software engineer or like a program developer is going to have to keep in mind. Okay, so going back to directionality, there's actually a third type that I didn't mention, and we're not really going to go into it today because it's super, super rare and it's basically top to bottom um so i mentioned like chinese it's written from top to bottom and right to left as well as like japanese but nowadays modern chinese and modern japanese it's written from left to right and like not top to bottom but just like side to side i guess um and we just call that left to right or right to left basically we We just infer that all scripts are automatically like side to side. You write across the page. However, traditional Mongolian is in Mongolian script written from top to bottom and left to right. So it is the only language that is written from top to bottom and left to right. But we don't really see any interfaces that use traditional Mongolian or Mongolian script because in 1946, Cyrillic became the popular written script for Mongolian. So like Mongolia and Russia are very close to each other, and Cyrillic was already available. So that became a lot more widely used, and that's why there's basically no support online for traditional Mongolian script. Uh, It's a little bit sad in terms of like having a diverse, I guess, like Set of cultural representation on the internet. But it is a win for software developers because getting left to right and right to left is already painfully difficult. I cannot even imagine how hard it would be to have to consider like top to bottom user interfaces as well. Um, And finally, like one final like cool tidbit I kind of found out while I was researching is that ancient Greek was actually written in like a snake fashion um, where they would alternate lines that are right to left or left to right. So like they would start off from the top left and then go all the way to the right and then curl around to the second line and then right from right to left on the second line. Then when they reach the end of the second line they will curl around again and then write left to right on the third line. So they called this um, boustrophedon which basically means ox turning, as in the way that like an ox will plow through a field. Uh, I see it kind of like a snake. I think that's super cool. But again, it would be extremely painful to have to create user interfaces that can adapt to this. So I guess it's kind of a win that there's only two major options for directionality. Uh, Now that I've kind of like hinted at it so much, let's just talk about it. How are computers able to implement directionality? Um, So kind of a common theme between these episodes are that computers don't really know how to do what we want, but they can do exactly what we say. So we just have to get good at telling computers what we want them to do. And I think that's kind of where like the job of a software engineer comes in, it's like translating what ideas we have and like what we want to happen into executable instructions for a machine to do. So in this case, what we want is for left and right and right to left text to be displayed correctly on a computer. So we have to come up with a set of rules to tell the computer what to do when they're given any type of text or any type of content to render really. And I feel like this is actually really difficult because Like the majority of software engineering is like accounting for the weird 1% edge cases. It's like your software is going to work 99% of the time. But then for that weird tiny 1% use case, it's just totally borked. But if your software gets used by millions or even billions of people, that 1% is a really big percent and you that's kind of where like internationalization comes in I feel like it's like yeah the majority of the world I guess knows how to speak English but that's not good enough like we want people to be able to use software in the language that they understand and the more people coming onto the internet and trying to connect with each other the more important it is to get this right so yeah going back to of the topic at hand. So Unicode is basically a system that has unified the way that all computers represent and render any kind of characters. One thing that I mentioned earlier was that the Latin alphabet is always going to be left to right and the directionality is that inherent information that is embedded within every single Unicode character. So every Unicode character knows it's either going to go to the left of the character that came in front of it or to the right of the character that came in front of it. So the characters in the basic Latin block, they all know to come to the right of the character that came in front of it because Latin is a language that's written from left to right so the second character is always going to be on the right side of the first character and the third character is always going to be on the right side of the second character, and so on. Um, And then for like characters in the Arabic block or the Hebrew block, they are always going to know to be on the left side of the character that came in front of it. And then there's a third type of directionality, which is neutral. And these are characters like spaces, uh, any kind of punctuation, and they will have the directionality of the letters that surround them. So they, that's how they derive their directionality from. And actually, this is kind of similar to how blocks of characters will know how to align themselves in any kind of like interface. So like when we write English, we expect the text to be aligned on the left for the most part. Um, I know like alignment is something that you can also set in formatting, but in general, uh, the default alignment is going to be on the left for English. And then for like Hebrew, for example, the default alignment is going to be on the right. This is something also that many user interface components know. Um, There's more and more of a shift towards using alignment as start versus left. Um, So like when you align a block of characters to like the start, which is kind of like a setting, I guess, if you set it to align at start, it will align to left for scripts that are left to right. But it'll also align to the right of a container if the script is right to left. So a lot of like this kind of modern software is learning how to be easily adaptable for left to right or right to left languages. And then in general, if you have any kind of mixed text where like it's mixing paragraphs of left-to-right and right-to-left text or like even sentences of left-to-right or right-to-left text. It's basically like the stuff inside is going to infer what it should look like based off of the stuff outside. So one common way that left-to-right and right-to-left characters are mixed is with any kind of numbers. The numbers zero through nine, Arabic numerals, these are inside the Latin block and the basic Latin block is encoded with information about being left to right. So numbers, whenever we render them, they are always going to be left to right. But that might make you wonder How do people who speak Hebrew know what numbers it is? Like, how do you know if your bank account has a thousand dollars or zero 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 one dollars? Like, isn't that kind of, isn't that kind of a big deal? Um, How do we know that the numbers are rendered correctly? And the answer is basically that numbers are always being rendered from left to right. So If you're counting anything like if you're writing in a language that's like right to left your numbers are still left to right so the numbers will always be represented the same you might think well why why is this the case why would they read all of their words from right to left and then have to jump to like the front of a number and read that left to right like isn't that confusing but what's interesting is that the readers of right to left languages actually read from the opposite direction like say the number 1234 right 1234 we start from the biggest number going to the smallest number we read it as 1234 but actually in arabic you read it as four and thirty and two hundred and one thousand. So they start from the smallest number and read to the biggest number. So it actually makes sense the way that they the way that the numbers are written. It makes sense in their language just like it makes sense in our language. And I guess if you're really being pedantic about it you could say oh like aren't Arabic numbers actually from India? Like didn't the ancient Indians write from left to right, including their numbers? Well, yes. So what the ancient Indians did was they actually wrote everything from left to right as well. So they would say the number four and 30 and 200 and 1000 and write it four, three, two, one. So when the Arabs adopted Arabic numbers. The Arabs wrote from right to left. So they flipped the numbers around and wrote it like one, two, three, four. But when they're reading it from right to left, it was still read from the smallest number to the biggest number. Uh, So I hope I'm not rambling too much. But basically, what I'm trying to say is through a series of languages getting mirrored back and forth, the numbers make sense in every language so we don't have to worry about flipping the directionality of numbers, it just really happened to work out for everyone. Okay, so that's all I kind of have to say about that topic. Um, I rambled a lot about how these things are implemented and like the weird edge cases, so now let's kind of go to how, how do we actually apply left to right and right to left to things that matter, because at this point, it's like Unicode and the fact that like computers have kind of abstracted a way that need to think about how individual characters are implemented, like these things kind of just work. OK, so I'm done rambling about the implementation stuff. Now, let's actually go into why this matters in modern applications uh, in like user interfaces, such as applications like messaging apps email, YouTube, like watching videos. Basically, every website that people around the world use should have some kind of localization. So actually, there are a lot of things that I think that we don't really think about when we're implementing user interfaces or when we're interacting with user interfaces. So say like a simple text messaging app, right? Uh, when you're texting your friend I see like my bubbles and their bubbles so when I'm sending bubbles I see mine like popping up on the right side of the screen and then I see theirs popping up on the left side of the screen. Uh, If these were flipped I would be super confused right Um, it would not make sense to me and basically every single text messaging app every messenger um, discord dms like any kind of like chat you see your messages popping up on the right side you see their messages popping up on the left side and that's just what makes sense but for people who speak in right to left languages this is actually flipped so a lot of things are actually mirrored for right to left applications so many buttons tend to be on the right side of the page many icons tend to be flipped as well um so like directionality like if you're trying to go forward i would expect to press the right button but for someone who speaks in a language or who uses a language that's right to left their next or forward button is actually the left button Um, So there are there are all these things to kind of consider and there are a lot of rules when it comes to how to make uh, applications localized Um, because it kind of goes back to the idea of like computers know how to do what we say but they don't know how to do what we want. It's like as a person, you can very easily tell when something is working or not working. Um, you can tell when something's not doing what you expect it. Like you click a button and it does the opposite of what you expect, immediately you know like something is wrong here. Uh, That's not obvious to a computer though, right? Like they think that they're doing what you're telling them to do. So that's kind of where it becomes really tricky to make interfaces um, localized because there are all these things that A developer kind of has to think about and make sure that it's it's there in the code that the program knows to do that because a person will instantly in less than a second be able to tell if something is right or wrong um so let me just go through some of these examples that a lot of these i feel like are almost obscure but um they're they're kind of they're kind of interesting if you think about it So generally, the idea of when a UI is changed, a user interface or a UI is changed from left to right to right to left or vice versa, this is a process that's generally called mirroring. Um, So like mirroring stuff on the left is now on the right and stuff on the right is now on the left. When a UI is mirrored, generally the things that will change are one, text fields icons are displayed on the opposite side of the field so like if I'm in a texting application um, for left to right users I will see like the send button on the right but for a right to left user their send button will be on the left. Uh, navigation buttons are also displayed in reverse. Third, any kind of icons that, in, uh, that indicate any sort of direction such as arrows should be mirrored. And then finally, um, one that I already mentioned is text. If it's in a right to left language that should be aligned on the right side of the page. There are also a lot of things that should not be mirrored. Uh, first of all, any kind of icons that don't communicate direction, the trash can icon, the picture icon. Uh, second of all, numbers should not be mirrored. So I already kind of mentioned this, but the counts of things should not be mirrored. Phone numbers should not be mirrored. Um, Dates, times, these should not be mirrored. Uh, Numbers are always going to appear from left to right on any kind of interface. And then finally, charts and graphs. So those are the general guidelines. Um, There are a few kind of like fun examples that I can kind of think of. So. I mentioned YouTube as a language that, or sorry, YouTube is like a website that people who of all different uh, languages will kind of go onto that website. Um, And YouTube is interesting. So a video player will have like a volume bar, right? And the volume bar, it should be mirrored because volume bar indicates some kind of progression like when we see volume, I, I would think that s- small, small sound is on the left. And then when I drag the bar to the right, it means the sound gets louder. The bigger sound is on the right, right? But the bar, it communicates a progression of sound getting louder and louder, which means that for right to left uh, users, they would perceive that progression getting louder as going from right meaning small sound and then left meaning big sound so going from right to left is how they would expect the slider to be implemented where you drag it to the left to make the sound louder however the scrubber that indicates um like how long the video has been playing that should not be mirrored and that's because time is something that always moves from left to right and time is always moving forward in a clockwise direction so keeping that in mind the scrubber on a video on youtube that should always go from left at meaning like zero seconds played and then right meaning the entire video is played. And I guess I I have a question for people I want to know what you think should redo and undo buttons be mirrored? And I guess I would guess like these should be mirrored because I kind of see redo as like, oh, do it again, right? Um, we're drawing a circle in time. We're going forward in time to do it again. And undo is like going backwards in time to undo something. But I could also kind of see that as like a progression thing, like let's not do the last thing that i did so going stepping backwards um i'm not really sure i'm curious what people think so feel free to hit me up in the dms at one in six engineers if you have an opinion on this or feel free to check out my website that's also one in six engineers.com pretty sure the comment section is working so feel free to leave a comment there uh, yeah, or if you have any other examples of like really interesting cases of what kind of user interface elements should be mirrored, what shouldn't be mirrored, um, or any other cool applications of left-to-right or right-to-left, I would love to hear them. Um, yeah, so I think this is like a pretty natural stopping point. It's like a good place to kind of end the podcast. Um, Hopefully this was interesting to you. I feel pretty passionately about right-to-left just because I feel like it's one of those things that just makes an interface, like a program, so much more usable for people. Having the ability to adapt your interface to -to right-to-left or left-to-right layouts is extremely important for user experience. People use software all around the world. There's billions of people on the internet Not all of them have this like American English-speaking cultural background and they deserve to have an internet experience catered to them. And that's why I feel like these kind of topics are so interesting to me. Um, I love kind of like seeing how people around the world use technology and what kind of ways we in like the tech industry, I guess, can be aware of how people around the world interact with uh, the internet and other technologies, and how like they use the internet differently than people in the U.S. use it. How it can really benefit people in certain countries, um, in certain regions. Uh, it's it's very it's very interesting, I think, and this is just a tiny sliver of that. Um, languages in right to left or left to right, it makes a big, big difference, even though it is so painful to work with. So yeah, I hope that this episode was interesting to you. Um, I'm gonna try and wrap it up now, uh, but yeah, I guess it, was, it ended up being a little bit rambly, a little bit chatty. Um, let me know if you like this format. I'm gonna keep chugging along and trying to do more episodes like this, where I'm just focused on like getting the research done And then regurgitating it to you as quickly as possible and not really worrying about like editing or making it sound good. Um, I personally kind of enjoy like the chatty podcast that I listen to. So this is just me trying to emulate that. Um, If you hate it, also please feel free to leave me a DM telling me that you hate it and I will try to better next time. Um, I'm still learning. And thank you to everyone who has supported this podcast, um, giving me ratings and reviews and telling me in person that you enjoy listening to it. Um, Just thank you everyone for taking time to listen to my podcast. And if you have any topics that you want me to cover in the future, also please feel free to DM me. Just like DM me about anything that you want in relation to this podcast or not in this podcast um yeah my messages are open and okay I'm gonna end it now thank you for listening uh this is the one in six engineers podcast and I will catch you guys next time bye